0: Welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. Hi. Good afternoon, Ben. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty well. I'm getting back in the swing of things after being on vacation, so that's always an adjustment. But uh, but yeah, it's good. How about you?
0: I'm doing pretty well. So it's been beautiful. Uh, not too hot. It really never gets too hot up here in Maine. A little humid, but uh, never really too hot. So it's been really lovely and uh, trying to navigate both enjoying the beauty of summer and trying to be productive at the same time. So has it been a productive week for you today, this week?
1: You know, pretty good considering that I was having to adjust from being off and being out of my routine. I very much like my routine, Um, but it is good. It was good for my mind just to kind of go into neutral for a little bit uh, because we had vacation Bible school the week before, so that was very busy. Yeah, it did help that I had made some plans going on the actually on our way back from our trip to Pennsylvania. So, uh we had not quite as cool probably as you guys did, but uh, it was a relief from the the Georgia inferno.
0: So, yeah. You know, I, I was thinking that I, I want to bring up to you somebody who has not been productive. Clearly, this year was the New York Mets. You know, they spent <laughs> like uh, they traded away like their whole team over uh, the all that before the trade deadline, and they spent like three hundred million. million. wasn't it, it was like three hundred and ten million or something like that, right, for the roster this year.
1: I'm, I know they were paying, just with Verlander and Scherzer. They were paying them a lot of money, and then they tore it down pretty quick. But... <laughs>
0: that was so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, not not very productive year for them, one might say. But uh, uh, good point. Yeah, so I'd say this week's been fairly productive. Maybe not as much as I'd like it to be, but you know, I try to get certain things done by Thursday. And generally, when we podcast, we podcast on Thursday. I generally know that this week's going to be kind of ahead of the game or behind the game. But uh, you know, I I I think with this productivity question, which is something we want to talk about today in the podcast this is something often that I value a lot and I think about a lot about productivity. You know, I'm not one of those tech guys that, you know, has 19 different apps that keeps him productive in certain ways and, you know, uses the, you know, has all the extreme organization tools, but I try to value making sure that I get a lot done in my week. So,
1: you know, it is funny because I'm uh, you sometimes refer to me as a Luddite, but I actually do use some of those tools. I okay. appreciate that. <laughs> so that's <laughs> one area where I try to uh, take the advantages of modern society.
0: Yeah. Just 90% a Luddite, right?
1: Wait, yeah, fair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I am. uh, And that I'm technologically weak enough that I have my uh, that for even my to do list, I just put it in my calendar, which is something you're not supposed to do. But I do it and I do it through my Amazon Echo. So my personal secretary. So,
1: hey, that's a cheap one
0: anyway. So now what exactly is productivity, Ben? And what uh, what is the opposite of productivity?
1: You know, that's a good question. You could define that in a lot of ways. So I guess it depends on who you're asking that question and what their measuring stick is. Um, some people, it's just like checking off the most boxes. They just like the yeah. act of being able to to see oh, there was some sort of activity. Um, and so I just did a lot of things today. Uh, so it could be quantity. For some people, it's quality. I think there's can be some combination of them. Um, a good definition or working towards the definition that i like is that that you're working towards and and you could probably include accomplishing um in there but we're gonna we'll talk about that in a minute about the accomplishments and things in your productivity but working towards things that actually matter um and so i that's kind of how i approach it at least not just being able to check off a lot of things on a to-do list but actually making uh keeping the chains moving like if you were to use a football analogy just keeping the ball moving keeping the first down markers moving towards the goal that you're going to yeah so
0: yeah i i think a lot of i i think that's great i'd add oftentimes i see productivity is really about using your time well you know Mm -hmm. that uh, using it efficiently in a way that you can get a lot done but done well uh, you know, being, not being mindful of every hour and every minute. So, uh, so I see that as being intentional and often it's a very structured way to live, to be productive, to try to be focused on productivity. You're not, I, I don't think people that ever like just, uh, stumble into productivity. Do you think so then?
1: <laughs> no, it certainly takes effort. Uh, and I mean, there's, there's different ways you can to look at that. Some, you know, in our modern society, we've got email and all these different things going on, and uh, a lot of stuff that we can fill our lives with in the West. But I think we could say that people in in past ages who didn't have some of the distractions or things to to worry about that we do in the modern world uh, that they were still you know productive. yeah, I mean some of massive outputs of of books or farming or you know whatever you want to uh, mothers raising children and you know this kinds of thing uh, that, there's productivity involved in there but it it did take effort over and over to to put that effort in the right direction
0: yeah absolutely so and i would say in a lot of ways to me the opposite is inefficiency and laziness kind of it's i feel like there's two opposites you know uh somebody can be well-intentioned and be inefficient and that's very much not being productive somebody who's organized but doesn't put in the work i would say that's somebody who's not productive as well uh,
1: i agree yeah it's not just about the efficiency like you said
0: yeah you can have like a hundred different awesome programs and just you know if you just sit around and play you know Fortnite all day that's not exactly productive
1: <laughs> good for, yeah
0: yeah so, now does god care about our productivity is this just kind of business uh podcast stuff you know finance bro stuff Finance bros. Uh,
1: yeah, well, there's actually like productivity bros too uh, that I've heard of. So I would say, yes, that he does, at least to some extent, at least in terms of the effort that we're putting in and that kind of thing. Now, you know, if you're using Google Docs or, uh, you know, Asana or Todoist or some of these yeah. kinds of things, I, I don't think that the Lord is quite as concerned with those um, as he is. What the kinds of things you're pursuing, and are you doing it uh, heartily as unto the Lord? That kind of thing. Yeah. So,
0: yeah, I I believe that he definitely does. I would agree with you, especially in the the kind of you know we're in these pilgrim days. There's this expression that the Puritans would use. That's even in a an old song uh, that we're in kind of the pilgrim days. So days of wandering, the days of preparedness for the kingdom, and in these limited days, you know, an eternity. I mean, it's I guess if you don't have a calendar app, I, I'm not. I'm not sure that we will have calendar apps or not. I don't know that it would make a big difference if we did or not. But uh, you know, we have only so many days here, and we have so many days to serve Jesus, and. it's Try to be as faithful as possible. And and I do think God made his creation resourceful. And I think there's a beauty in that. Actually, oftentimes we see even animals that God created can be very, very productive. I mean, look at beavers. I I don't think, I wouldn't describe beavers as inefficient or unproductive. You know, I wouldn't describe a lot of animals as that way. Ants. Yeah, productivity is really rooted in a lot of God's creation because it reflects God. Uh, but I don't think God cares about it as a means unto itself, for sure. You know, it's not productivity is not next to godliness. It's not like cleanliness, <laughs> which cleanliness is also not next to godliness. <laughs> Sorry, Leslie. <generously. laughs> if so, John the Baptist wasn't clean. It wasn't godly. It's a good point. <laughs> so anyway, now uh, what does the Bible and good theology say about our productivity?
1: Well. We're responsible for the effort and the intention that we are putting forward uh, and the things to which we're putting it. I mean there's people who are – it's just like this really does get me mad. The people who use the abilities that God has given them and the intelligence and this kind of thing to figure out ways to steal money and people you know take their identity and stuff. So they're working hard so that they don't have to work or at least not in an honest way. Um, so, we're responsible for the effort we're putting and the direction that we're putting. Um, but ultimately, Scripture teaches us the re- results are in God's hands. Um, I mean, and I think probably even the hardest Calvinist or the firmest Arminian would say, well, yeah, ultimately God's in charge. And so, um, He often works, though, through the means of our efforts. Um, we shouldn't expect great results if we just sit around and you know, fold our hands, and uh, I don't remember what the example. Play Fortnite was the example you gave. Yes. Uh, you know, watch TikTok. We gotta gotta bash TikTok a little bit. Um, <laughs> we haven't you know, done that today. Dwell <laughs> on TikTok. Um, but I mean, you know, Proverbs even talks about this. You know, a little little rest, a little slumber, and folding of the hands, and you know, poverty comes. Um, generally, results come, and and productive things come yeah. through repeated effort in the same direction.
0: Yeah. That's good. So, yeah, I can think of uh, a couple passages to me that apply very clearly to this. I mean, I can think of Ephesians five fifteen through 16, I think is a really helpful mm-hmm. passage. Uh, and uh, it says, uh, look carefully then how you to walk and uh, not uh, as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time. Because the days are evil, I, I think that expression is is really helpful. I, I think he's say, basically saying in that you know that the we are in you know the the days were in a way you know we are where Satan is the god of this god of this age, and you know Jesus is ultimately reigning, and because of that we have to be really thoughtful, thoughtful about how we navigate our thought life, but also thoughtful in how we navigate our time. Uh, and then I, I think another helpful passage for me is uh, Colossians 3.23, uh, one that's pretty well known. Uh, whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. And I think that, you know, that call to work heartily for the Lord is, is a really important one for Christians as they consider productivity. Because one can't work hard, you know, one can't lack this value and truly be productive. And, and I think they kind of go hand in hand. But also, I think, again, the theology of understanding our eschaton, you know, understanding that uh, our relationship to our future glory and knowing that this is kind of the time of investing. This is the time of building up. And because of that, we're called the productivity. So. Mm-hmm. Now, can productivity ever become an idol or perhaps another type of bad thing?
1: I think big time it can it can become a way to try to justify yourself before god before other people uh, to yourself you know i need to to justify my existence i'm going to do this and do that Uh, in other ways it can become a a, a boasting point i think this is just the the previous one maybe more self-conscious of it um but saying look at all that i've done and uh it's it's not just justifying but there, there's an arrogance, and I'm looking down. I have done more than other people. Um, it can also be – this is, I guess, some of the other bad thing. It can be misdirected toward the wrong goals. Yeah. Um, you know, you think of the parable of the guy, the, the rich fool, who sees that he, he's been – his land has been productive for him. I mean it required some effort on his part, but look, he's got all this stuff, and he's like, well, I'll, I'll build bigger barns and yeah. just eat, drink, and be merry. And, uh The Lord comes to him that night and says, you fool, your, your soul is going to be required of you. And so there's ways that we can put our effort, um, in the wrong direction. And so it can certainly become bad, um, I mean another kind of derivation of this, and I've been guilty of this, is wasting time just trying to build and refine or perfect the systems to to track what you're doing. And I think (laughs) this can be related to trying to justify yourself and and it's just like, oh man, this is such a nice system. This is going to be so good and really you're just kind of spinning your wheels um, and I don't know, in a way, fiddling while Rome burns um, rather than getting the things done you actually need to. Not to say that there's not a time to look and say, okay, this is kind of what I'm going to use. Oh, you know what? I need to retool this a little bit. I need to figure this out. But the point is to actually accomplish things and put effort towards these goals rather than just making a nice pretty you know, uh, database or something. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I had someone uh, tell me one time that kind of a business related, and, and they said that they use uh, on de- on Monday they decide in their head already they're not going to get anything done because they're going to give the whole day to organizing the rest of the week, and I'm like, I don't know that <laughs> you know, that does seem a little <laughs> missing the point of productivity. <laughs> yeah, the
1: the whole day, I don't know. Yeah, like maybe a,
0: lot, a little but... bit, but yeah, like the entire day, but uh, so yeah, I think beyond what you said, I think what you said is really helpful, but, uh, I think we very clearly see the problem that productivity can go into, uh, from the rejection of the Sabbath throughout the Old Testament. So, I mean, even, and we often almost think that people rejected the Sabbath because, you know, they thought that, uh, basically God was just trying to beat them down, but, uh, they, but they actually didn't want to like the idea of having to trust God, of having to, you know, rest, and refrain from work that would get them ahead you know and so i mean that's why they they kept working they kept working because they were make because they were using their productivity as a means of taking care of themselves rather than allowing themselves to trust God. And I think that can be an example for us. I mean, literally an example. I mean, that for the believer that has the option of not missing missing church, but does to be productive. Uh, I think productivity can be our way of taking our future in our hands, just like as people in the Old Testament often did and, and project productivity may even reject our call to rest and to trust in God. I I think that often can happen. You know, almost, we, we have such a good system that we don't have, we we don't really need a God for that system. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. That's a good point.
0: Now how does one cultivate a healthy and godly approach to productivity? Do they just need the best apps? (laughs) That's
1: right. (laughs) Um, I think one thing is just to regularly reckon with some of those principles above you know that God God is in charge and he calls us to put forward effort like we are given uh, work to do and so it requires some level of wisdom uh, to to be able to know okay how should I go about this He also empowers our work and he yields the fruitfulness or the the futility of it and so just keeping those things in mind that I I mean, Paul talks about this in terms of his ministry, um, that he he worked harder than all the rest. but I mean, ultimately it was the one God who gave the increase. It was God who accomplished the work through him. So God was working through means, and it was God, but at the same time, it was necessary for Paul to be active. And so keeping keeping that in front of us, kind of zooming out from that. just I mean, we, we should pray. Yeah. Uh, pray for, for wisdom, uh, for the things that we might need. Try to make wise plans and and try to be diligent in, in implementing those things and, and applying the effort we need rather than being lazy. You know, if you're kind of a knowledge worker or something like that or you have a, a job that doesn't give you a lot of structure, you're, you're required to um, to do it yourself or you're at home or something like that. And so you, you're, you're a homemaker. You know, it requires uh, not getting distracted and just, yeah. you know, chasing frivolous things. Um, so pray, make wise plans and, and be diligent in uh, pursuing them and just kind of repeat that over and over. Uh, what, what do you think?
0: Yeah, I think that's fantastic what you have to say. I, I just had a couple things. You know, it's interesting. I was reading a, a book in preparation of this on productivity uh, that was not written by a Christian. It's uh, well and uh, just kind of get some different thoughts. And one of the things, this book, as well as some other articles, even from non-Christians stressed, is that to be most productive, you need to kind of focus on what's the most important, think about what's most important to you first, and then kind of almost tear life. And, and I think there's wisdom in that, but wisdom that we shape that actually by the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever, as Westminster Shorter Catechism says. And so our productivity, what we accomplish that what we try to be intentional about should be shaped first and foremost by our main purpose which isn't to make the most money possible is it it's not, <laughs> it's not to you know have the white pig offense necessarily uh, but it's to again to glorify God and enjoy him forever and i think we put those productivity means towards that end but i think also there's an aspect of which the second great, the second commandment is applied you know when jesus talked about the two great commandments the second half of the law really uh, love of others uh, mm-hmm. we, we sometimes can get bothered by the rigidness of a lot of these calls to productivity you know a lot of these means but I think when we love other people this can compel our uh, self rigidness you know, that we want to make sure that even for the person that, you know, is this, is this working, a working dad or even a, a kid in there, you know, teenager that's working, but wants to spend time with family, wants to spend time at church. You work hard, you're intentional with those hours so that you can that give that time beyond to loving other people, so that you can provide for the needs of other people through those resources. So I think love of others should compel rigidness as we navigate productivity self rigid Not for other people. That's good. Nobody should command, nor nor would either of us preach that you need to download a certain productivity app from the pulpit. (laughs) No. I assume you haven't.
1: I never have.
0: Now, now is detailed planning and rigid scheduling failing to trust God?
1: Well, I think that it could be, uh, but it doesn't have to be. I mean, I actually... um, Earlier this afternoon, someone came into my office and asked me if we had these bags that we call blessing bags. Um, We have a lot of homeless people around our church, um, folks that stop in asking for food or different things like that. And so um, they had some accumulation of them and so there were a couple guys that were gonna go just around the area and see if people could benefit from them and ask if I wanted to go. And I thought, well, that's a good thing. Could be a good thing. But then I turned and I looked at my planner and I, you know, I kind of blocked out my day pretty tightly and I knew I had an appointment with you and, um, I needed to get ready for this. I had other things and I said, I'm just going to have to say no, um, because I knew I had other obligations. And so, I mean, I think it requires us being flexible. Sometimes we need to put aside our plans depending on what the the issue may be. Um, but you know, if if I had a little bit freer afternoon, maybe it would have been good to spend some time with those two you guys um, as we minister to other people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that just requires wisdom and trusting the spirit. Okay. But I don't think that the detailed planning and having a kind of a rigid schedule is mutually exclusive to trusting God and loving other people. No. So,
0: yeah. I, I want to add, uh, you know, it may be actually being productive, maybe an aspect of trusting God, because I, I think it might mm. be trusting God that God was wise in the hours that he gave you. Uh, And and I think that's an aspect, you know, trusting that that God knew what he was doing when he gave, even when he built the schedule of a very day. Uh, But, uh, you know, I, I think most for most people things like having a rigid schedule and planning tend to be pretty wise and tend to be godly as so long as we don't uh, deviate from our first purpose. But I, I do think that these practical steps, uh, which we don't need to get into, also even show an awareness of our human nature. And so that I think that's part of it when we navigate trusting God versus giving a schedule. I think a lot of being intentional of planning as Christians is not about not trusting God, but it's about not trusting the man in the mirror. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about realizing that, uh, well, if you know, I don't smack this guy that, uh, that you know, that's with me all the time. Uh, I, you know, this person will get distracted. This person, you know, I will, I will miss out and I will fail to glorify God in these kind of ways.
1: That's Yeah, that's good.
0: Now, how can families be more productive in a godly way together?
1: Uh, that's, a, that's a good thing to think about. I think the there's some carryover principles from your personal life. It can look a little different, but some planning and some effort is going to be required. Um, you're not going to simply coast into it. Um, just by inertia, but trying to put repeated effort in the same direction over time. Yeah. And, you know, deciding kind of where do we want to try to go as a family, what what kind of family do we want to try to be? Um, and giving you know, like you were talking about, uh the resource that you were reading and even from a a non Christian perspective, but just this I think is common grace, recognizing, okay, this is where we're aiming for. Okay. Um, if we're going to, I mean, you know, we like, we talked about football earlier, keeping the chains moving. Well, if we, we're on the five-yard line, our own five-yard line, and we're trying to get to the end zone, um, we know the end zone is is the goal. And so um, probably doing some kind of crazy trick play on the five-yard line is not going to be a good idea. I'm going to get a safety or something yeah. like that or just, you know, hanging around um, in the end zone trying to pass the ball um, and so, okay. What do By the we way, that do happened do in we, a okay, football trying game. To get right. to the 10.
0: I just wanted huh. to let you know that happened in a football game. The safety thing happened in a football game I played in one time, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> we did a trick play well, the 5.
1: Well... <laughs> Might want to question the offensive of coordinator on that one, um, but yes, okay. We need to get to the ten yard line. We don't necessarily have to make it all ninety-five yards on this one play. Yeah. Let's just get. Let's make some forward progress. And so, trying to to make some plans towards that. And of course, I mean, you want to pray, and uh, but but you know, I think we can underestimate what we can accomplish. Of course, with God's help, but what we can accomplish over time by putting little contributions here and and just continuing to do it. it's like, oh, wow, after this much time, uh, like the – I forget the guy's name, Peter. uh, I forget his last name. We interviewed him a couple years ago. um, But he was talking about how his family had read through the entire Bible together. It just – for like 30 minutes or maybe an hour on Sunday, they would sit down and read and just went as far as they could and you know over time and added up. So – yeah, I think it's a lot of the same principles, but you got more people to corral and people that aren't always, you know, necessarily cooperative yeah. in that or enthusiastic, and so that that takes some skill in dealing with that. But I don't know what what else would you add to that?
0: Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, with being more productive in a godly way together, I think practically speaking, we can make routine spiritually healthy things. You know, we, we like to make routine. People that are big on productivity make routine things that are healthy for them. I mean, I, I fail in this aspect of productivity because I don't plan working out as much. But it tends to be the case that a lot of productivity people, you know, they make sure they get that workout in at that time. But we should do that with what's spiritually healthy for our family, like family worship. Uh, you know, and I th- actually think that if you really value productivity, if you are one of those efficiency uh, obsessed people. I th- I think if you're not doing family worship and it's possible you you're really i think in a way missing out Uh, i think it's a great use of wisdom and biblical truth and and use of this kind of productive mentality of hitting things over and over in the right way I, i think also it'd be wise to keep a family schedule in that uh you know whether it's a simple literal family calendar or even as you know you get teens i know of godly families that keep a joint Google calendar, uh, not just for, you know, secular or practical reasons, but even so that they can dine together and make sure that they're with each other for the Lord and make sure to prioritize in the family schedule, always growing in Christ. Uh, you know, so even when you look at the calendar, you know, we, our commitment is always, uh, you know, we're being productive and growing in the Lord. And so our commitment is always on Sunday morning. We go to church, uh, I know, I think a great example of being more productive together in a godly way was a family friends of ours uh, that we know now in Maine, and their church has given out kind of a, a family Bible reading calendar. And so they go through the whole Bible, I think in two years, and it's meant to be so that relatively young people can. And they try to keep that. They actually ask them, you know, how are you doing? Where are you at in that? And I think that's a great example of, of you know, using productivity in a godly way.
1: Yeah, that's really good. You talked about you don't plan for workouts, but I mean, just like the other day when we recorded, you're you're doing this whole thing in like, like the downward dog pose and the warrior <laughs> pose. I mean, I don't know how do you do that, Tony?
0: <laughs> hey, I, I don't do nothing though, because I I will tell you, I I'm dealing with some pain in shoulder from accidentally putting uh, like fifteen pounds more on one side of the bench press. So. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. oh well. <laughs> so but, now how can parents encourage children to develop habits of productivity?
1: I think modeling it yourself is a good start. Uh, if they see, okay, mom and dad are doing this, and it's leading to good results, that's going to help. It's going to make it more, you know, compelling. Uh, but also trying to give them some structure, yeah. Uh, especially as they get older and they, their responsibilities begin to grow. Helping them to think about their own use of their effort and okay, you've got these things to do, and you know, probably depending on their personality, they're going to be more or less open to that or thinking, Yeah, I need some help, okay, what, what should I do? versus like, No, I got it. Um, but giving some structure, and, and whether it's just through suggestion or in some cases requiring it, um, but that can help them again to focus their effort in a in a way that they need to so that they can see some some actual results. Yeah. Um, but I, what, what do you think on that front? Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I think... Uh, and a couple other real practical ones that, you know, the, again, all of the what I'm going to say is basically wisdom issues. I think it could be wise, depending on the your kids, and we need to do this more, is make simple schedules for them, especially in the summertime. You know, I know for a lot of the Southerners listening to this summertime's wrapping up, uh, but, uh, you know, and those kind of extra time, helping them develop a schedule. I actually think, uh, you know, these productivity principles are ingrained in the fact that young people thrive on a schedule. And, you know, we're often able to accomplish more, even, you know, at five or six years old. Uh, I think also maybe a good way is to embrace, you know, a few good projects for the family to do together. You know, maybe it can be that as a project that we're going to memorize a passage together, you know, and keep accounts of that kind of thing. Uh, and, and I think Also, another way that we can do is we can help them learn to focus and learn to focus, you know, one thing at a time with chores, using kind of practical things, uh, even, you know, whether it be counting or whatever it be, to kind of keep track and to keep on, you know, on pace with what we're intending to do. Mm. Now, how can churches help young people to see the need to be intentional with their time? Or should we just kind of make everything free for all and especially with youth group just Things will happen when things will happen.
1: <laughs> well, I think one of the things, and this is helpful, I think, for adults as well, is to keep in mind just very, very big picture what God is doing in the world. I mean, his big plans for the world, yeah. where where things are headed at the end. We're talking like revelation and the eternal state. What God is doing in the world and how our efforts and our time fit into that. Yeah. and um so that i think that's working out from that and say listen you know you've got a limited amount of time and so what are you going to do to make that count uh, again not that you try to justify yourself before god or make it a boasting point or something but god has put you here not just to you know chill out and relax and you know amuse yourself to death and you know how you work this out for for kids and how they work that out that that's comes down, I think, to some issues of conscience. You're going to have some that maybe you're just more lazy, or that are more inclined to, I guess, not want to be as productive. Some who maybe you're going to have to tone them back a little bit because they they, they will veer towards kind of justifying themselves by trying to oh we're going to do this, mm-hmm. we're going to do that. Um, but just keep working out from the biggest thing. Um, you know, Colossians 4, this is similar to Ephesians 5 that you mentioned earlier, but tells us to act wisely towards outsiders, making the most of the time. It's, mm-hmm. you know, just maybe more encapsulated than the Ephesians 5 passage. But uh, certainly our our desire and our efforts to try to evangelize, but beyond that, to, to help people to become like Christ and to be gathered around his throne one day. Um, and so, I mean, that can be, that can take the shape then of of giving them some structured things to do that are towards that end. Um, not just, you know, people talk about having good, clean fun, not just that kind of thing. Um, but shaping the, the structures of the ministry around disciple making and, um, those kinds of things, um, just tie in. Yeah. I mean, it's just, a lot of people have just seen whether you're doing ministry or business or something, um, the wisdom and working out from those biggest principles. And so yeah. uh, helping to structure your ministry around that. And then even as they think about their own
0: personal time, um, to, to not waste
1: that. So,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would add to that. I think we also need to teach them, uh, very often the, the connection between discipline and godliness that scripture often makes
1: yeah discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness
0: amen Yeah, scripture right there and uh and you know when you think about productivity i mean and that vein i mean that's a lot of what that is is self-discipline and we i mean and and we all can see that you know Honestly, you know, I'm thinking myself, there was a time, I think Dan- my wife was out, Daniel was out with uh, like a friend at night and the kids were in bed and it was time where I probably could have read an encur- uh, a Christian book that would encourage me. There was one that I was I had been thinking about I really need to get around to and as well as a friend I needed to get around to call and I, I just kind of, I didn't have intentionality so I just ended up playing a Batman video game. And uh, Especially with young people, that's just kind of, what happens if you don't discipline yourself? You just kind of regress to what's easiest. And what's easiest is never growing in godliness. And, uh, and so on top of that, yeah. I think we can teach them that, that our time is not a guarantee. Young T people can often mm-hmm. act like it is. I've acted like it is before. And our time is in his hands. And therefore, because it's not guaranteed and because it's in his hands, our time should be used well for his service. Uh, finally, I'd add, avoid being overly casual in our ministries. I think that's part of uh, conveying a, a val- high value productivity. I think sometimes youth and children's ministries can hurt the impor- importance of discipline for godliness among young people by just kind of having that laissez-faire thing to such an extreme degree in a way that teens can embrace, especially, but teens shouldn't embrace.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's really good.
0: Now, how can churches and and the home warn against the dangers of overvalued productivity?
1: Well, one of the biggest things, I think, is to preach the gospel regularly, mm-hmm. from, I mean, from the pulpit, from whatever teaching setting, but also as the people, um, back to Colossians, uh, I've been, I guess you could say this is, I think, is a productive use of my time. I've been working on memorizing the book of Colossians. Uh, and so... You know, Colossians 3, we're told to, uh, to let the word of Christ, and I don't think that just means the Bible, I think it's specifically the gospel, um, you know, here yeah. anyway, but let the word of Christ dwell richly among y'all, teaching and admonishing one another with wisdom. And, and so it's the uh, thing, and interestingly, in Colossians 1, Paul talks about his own apostolic ministry that, that he is teaching and admonishing um, with all wisdom. Uh, but then he he calls the church itself to do the same thing, and, and so it's not just well that's the pastor the pastor's jobs. Um, it's it's our job as as the body of Christ, and so um, that's something in our local churches uh, we're preaching the gospels regularly yeah. and and trying to live in light of it. Okay, we're not justified by and, and you know depending on how you're wired, I, I think your temperament and things. You've got some Christians that are happy to sit around and soak in theology and and just defend the truth kind of thing. You have others who are very activist in their mindset. And so I just, it's going to vary from setting to setting, but to remember that we're not justified by all the good works that we can do, but also that the salvation that we have in Christ, it does compel us to move out towards others in love and and to be productive in that sense. And so, you know, both sides need to hear that message. Um, And so, I mean, Titus talks about that, that, you know, the the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation and teaching us to to live, training us to live in a certain way. Um, And also we need to remember. And, and try to help one another to remember uh, that we are to be a certain kind of people uh, above just doing or accomplishing some things. And so the, the formation of our character, which is shaped by our interaction with the Bible and with the truth um, through prayer, but also the things that we do. And it, it, it's a – I don't know that we can quite get down to the bottom of exactly how the, all that formation happens, but certainly we've got hints at how it works, uh, how the process works. Um, so those were the things that, that rise to the top for me. How about you,
0: yeah, those are some good words uh, for us. I, I definitely think that is really the most key is abiding in the gospel, and that. But uh, I also think, in addition to that, you know, some ramifications of the gospel is the gospel. When we know the gospel, we can rest, and uh, mm-hmm. this, literally, we can take we can rest when we uh, when we've rested in the gospel. And I think that for young people, especially to raise them up in the truth, I I think it's important that both parents and pastors be able to model rest. And I'm not always the best at this, uh, but I think it's an important practice that we show kids. And because I think doing that, it shows that yeah you know again the person that that I remember there's that like a James Bond villain in the 90s where the guy uh, that uh, the guy could like didn't sleep at all I think he slept like half an hour a day and was always doing something and therefore he became super rich and it was more complicated than that but uh, there are times in my life that have envied that guy (laughs) not his riches but his ability to get things done (laughs) but but that's a wrong mentality and it's a mentality in a sense that, that we don't want to raise them to aspire to because we have to raise them to aspire that they use their time intentionally, but also they rest well and rest in God. And really with that, we emphasize the ultimate sovereignty of God because it's not our productivity that results in any success. It is not our, you know, ingenuity or planning that is going to provide for the needs of our family. It will always be always be God's sovereignty. So, and lastly, I think Mm -hmm. with that, when you recognize that, when you rest and when you see the sovereignty of God, I think we realize that we should never be too busy to pray. And I think we can miss that. You know, I, I think many people that really focus on productivity stuff, uh, I found can often be those that, you know, where prayer is just doesn't factor in. And sometimes that can be a struggle of mine. And and I think that is a, something that we need to make very clear that pr- really there's little more productive. I mean, there's ultimately nothing more productive than time and prayer.
1: Yeah, was, I don't know if he actually said it. and he's refuted to have said it. Uh, but Luther, like, you know, I have so much to do, I can't help but pray for 3 hours before I start my day or something. Um but yeah, I mean it's so humbling to have to just go uh I need to stop, and I need to to plead with the person who's the most loving and strongest person, wisest person in the universe for help with this thing that I have to put effort forward. But if, if he doesn't come through on this, it, it is going to be ineffective. I don't know, like in my own teaching and preaching, um, especially when I was younger, and I can still find this way in, in certain contexts where I'll just pour energy in trying to understand the passage and to teach it and this kind of thing, and then going, you know, this is the word of God, and. God's spirit has to attend to this, to, to make it effective in their lives. Or, I mean, I can get up there with a phone book and and really have about the same effect. Um, and so, yeah, it just reminds us who's God and who's not.
0: Mm -hmm. Amen. So now how should parents respond when they find their children are unproductive and maybe even lazy?
1: Deny them food. I, well, I, I would not be against, depending on their, their age and the, the situation, being like, once you have done this, you can have your dinner or whatever. I mean I'm not talking like locking them in the dungeon or something. But yeah, I think it depends on their age. I think you want to try to push them along, encourage them, urge them, um, and step in with consequences where yeah. that's needed. Sometimes just allow natural natural consequences to confront them. Um, Oh, you were laziness. Well, this is what happened. Uh, Don't step in and spare them from all consequences uh, due to their laziness. Um, That's not helping them in the end. I don't say that you never do that, but I think they're going to learn more when it's like, oh, i had to miss out on this thing because I didn't, I was being lazy. I didn't go do my chores. And so now I miss out on this other thing uh, or whatever the case may be. But um, yeah. Uh, What do you think?
0: Yeah. So. I think it's good. Uh, I would urge listeners on this, especially as we raise up children, to turn to the wisdom of Proverbs on this, some of the things that Ben has cited as well, because I, I think that there's so much truth that we need to... Uh, we need to point our kids to. Actually, I really like. Uh, there's a song from uh, called "Lazy Bones" by Saban Grace Music that's based yeah. on the Proverbs <laughs> teaching. Son, it's it sticks in your head. It's an earworm. I assume you know it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, the I might, but maybe we should put that in intro. But uh, anyway, so yeah, I think pointing that and the danger of laziness, the danger of not being productive at all. And, you know, even sometimes the ways that it can wreck your life in the proverb sense. But I I think we need to take it seriously at a young age. And oftentimes we need to oversee diligently. And what's funny is I find myself sometimes it's I feel like I'm being unproductive by watching over them, children doing everything. Uh, But, you know, that is productive. That is productive to help them grow in this intentionality. So
1: that's taking the long view. Yeah, and yeah, the immediate thing—it
0: doesn't yeah, feel that you are not being like
1: accomplished. You're not checking the boxes off quickly.
0: Yeah, so, uh, and I think we uh, we should also be narrow and focused in the com- the commitments they have as well to try to help them with this because I think sometimes children can be unproductive, unfortunately, because that uh, they can be overly committed to things, and and sometimes parents can be mm-hmm. responsible for that. And so you know the the child that signed up for six different things are not certainly not going to be productive in their faith, but they're likely not going to be productive even in the things you sign them up for. Mm-hmm. So.
1: You know, it's interesting. I've heard some stuff recently. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of uh, productivity stuff out there, just you know, on the internet and how to get more things done. But then there's also some pushback about this kind of mentality and so i really i mean it just kind of this is not really the corner i'm coming from um but it was like that. this is basically holdovers or influences from you know capitalistic forces trying to exploit labor and things from us and so really we just need to like realize that that that's you know we shouldn't be productive we should just do it I, I don't even know what the solution was but we just need to see that that's we don't have to always do stuff
0: so we should just scroll tiktok right i,
1: I guess i, I mean guess, it is communist know. after um, all so that was a new one on me but um
0: <laughs> yeah interesting so uh, but what are some resources you recommend on the topic of productivity in the christian family
1: i don't know that it directly relates to to family per se, I think it, it addresses this. I've read part of this book and just sort of know what it's about, um, and I know kind of the where it's coming from. But there's a, a book. It says more of a study, something. It's from Matthias Media, which they put out great stuff about uh, equipping the saints. But it's called Busy um, by Ian Carmichael, and it, it's about that big picture approach of okay, what is God doing in the world, and then how do I work out from there? And just the, whatever kind of responsibilities I've got in life. Um, I'm a mother or father and I've got this job or, you know, these kinds of things. And so just kind of thinking of it from that perspective, I think they even have some, I think there's a book and then some studies material that go along with it. Um, and so I think just from an explicitly Christian perspective, um, that can be helpful. Uh, there's a, book i can't remember exactly what it's called ten Challies wrote it
0: do more better
1: do more better that's it i read it several years ago i found that very helpful personally um he gives some suggestions and even some different resources that hey you may want to consider this or this um to to help you to to organize things and then um so anyway I, i was able to use that a good bit I don't know if this is who you were referring to. And this guy's not coming from a Christian perspective, but I still think that if the, the wise, uh, discerning reader will understand, uh, you can read this and, and benefit from it, but uh, Cal Newport, he's sort of become a productivity bro, yeah. I guess. Well, I, mm-hmm. I don't think that was really his goal. Which, interestingly, though, his grandfather was a Southern Baptist apologist and ethicist. Interesting. And so I think there are way – I don't know, I've just listened to him and read enough of his stuff to go, yeah, hey, I wonder how much of that's kind of in the background. Um, like, I don't think he's a professional Christian, but there is at least some respect for like established religion um, and the wisdom that comes from that. Now, and so I've actually prayed for this guy. Like, man, you know, this guy's probably heard the, the gospel from his grandfather. I don't know what his parents, what, you know, what the situation there is, but. Um, I think he does have a lot of common grace just looking at, okay, what are the things I'm going after? Talks about this idea of slow productivity, um, of just plodding along, giving concentrated effort at the same thing over time. And and that, you know, okay, maybe I didn't get a lot done this week, but I've been working on it for the last three months. And oh, look, I've done this much. Um, and so, um, again, not explicitly Christian, but I think that there are some wise principles to to take. Um, he's got a podcast and stuff on YouTube and uh, various books and things that are kind of all going in the same direction. Um, but what about you?
0: Yeah, I definitely want to echo the Do More Better uh, you know, I, I'm a little more hesitant to uh, recommend the Matthias Media stuff because we haven't gotten their check yet from all the times we recommend them. <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> you,
1: you know, I did meet Marty, their uh, their American guy. So I, I'll just put in an email. I'm sure it'll be handled okay. quickly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> <Sounds> good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would add uh, "Crazy Busy" by Kevin DeYoung I think is a fantastic little resource, especially for. Uh, I think often it's very accessible to teenagers on mm. how do we navigate our time and be productive with it.
1: I've seen it. It looks like the like the guy's got like a match on his head or something.
0: Yeah, I don't remember the cover. I think I have it. In, can I think I have a physical copy as well? But yeah, I'm okay. I'm thinking about the. Words. I would just
1: see it and think like the guy's gonna catch on fire. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I I would hope that I haven't picked books based upon the cover since I was like four years old. (laughs) But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. All right. Well, I hope that uh, listeners found this a productive use of their time. And if not, well, good luck. We're not giving you your time back. (laughs) But I certainly enjoyed our discussion, Ben.
1: Yeah, it was good to think about this together. And I guess if it wasn't, go watch TikTok or something.
0: Sounds good. God bless. (laughs) Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week and join us again every first and third Thursday.